The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Well, I wanted to start off tonight by wishing you all a Merry Christmas. So today is Christmas, and for many people it has both a spiritual and cultural um, significance. I wanted to, over the last week or so, I was trying to figure out how, <coughs> what kind of Christmas-related Buddhist Dharma talk I could give today. And so I thought about some of the cards I've gotten and signs I've seen. And some of the things that came to my mind were um, things like peace on earth, goodwill towards men and women, uh, and that's something I can get behind, right? peace on earth, goodwill, and the subject that naturally came to my mind was uh, the practice of loving-kindness, uh, metta. So I wanted to start by asking, how many of you have heard the term metta or have heard of loving-kindness? Okay, well, it looks like pretty much everyone has. I think metta is... is akin to mindfulness. And the reason I say that is with mindfulness practice, we can do both what we consider formal mindfulness meditation, where we're doing it in a formal sitting or walking, or uh, we're doing mindfulness where we're doing nothing but mindfulness. And then there's other times when we do mindfulness as part of our daily life, you know, where we're mindful of what we're doing as we're um, at work or eating or driving, whatever it is. And so you can think of metta the same way. There's, there's a formal um, metta practice that you could do sitting on a chair or a cushion or a bench. And then there's also metta practice that you can do in day-to-day -day life. You know, just as you're... <clears throat> it's a quality that you can cultivate um, that affects the way you think about things, the way you speak about things, and the way you act. I think for some people... Um, Metta, loving kindness, um, having a, an attitude of goodwill towards others might come rather naturally. It doesn't for me. It's, for me, it's something that I've really had to, had to cultivate, and, and I have to continue cultivating. I, I will not claim that I've perfected um, a loving kindness in my own practice, but I see the value of it. 
And so I wanted to talk tonight a little bit about how one might go about um, cultivating it intentionally, making it part of your meditation practice. Um, On many retreats that I've been on, often one sitting in the course of a day will be just dedicated to doing a loving-kindness type practice. And I've also been on retreats where I've done nothing nothing but loving-kindness practice from morning till night for, uh, I think the longest one was, uh, well, eight days in a, in a, in a guided sense and then uh, a week and a half in a self-retreat. I think it's right now it's particularly um, worth considering um, engaging in this practice. This is my own personal opinion that this particular point in time, it seems like ill will towards each other has been in a way, um, I'll say legitimized. There's a way in which um, people seem more open to express the hostility that they feel to each other. And I find that um, uh, disconcerting. Not only because I see it outside, I also see it happening inside. I, I see myself succumbing to some of that um, willingness to just um, hang out in a place of of ill will. And so I think it's it's important to counteract that if if you see that in yourself that that one can engage in a practice where one um strengthens the wish for oneself and for other people and really for everyone that they get the what they most want in life so for me when i do loving kindness practice i use a set of phrases that i've i've um crafted over the years and the phrases um touch four aspects one is um a desire for safety I say, may I be safe from inner and outer harm. So not just that I might be harmed from forces outside myself, but that I want to be safe from ways in which I might think or speak or act in ways that will be harmful. Uh, The second uh, deep, wholesome desire that gets addressed for me in in, uh, metta meditation is may I be happy. I really came to this practice. I really came to IMC in 1998 because I recognized that I was unhappy and that all of the um, avenues that were advertised 
as this will bring happiness to you, you know, um, a new car or, a, you know, hiking up Mount Whitney or whatever it is, uh, just weren't doing it for me. So recognizing that I had a deep desire to be happy and happy in a way that wasn't dependent on my getting all of the conditions just right. Because all of that conditional happiness, it's great when the conditions are right. But then you recognize that the conditions are going to change. And that kind of conditional happiness is going to um, dissolve. So this deep desire for for happiness, that's another deep, wholesome wish that um, you can uh, address directly with loving-kindness practice. Uh, the third one is, may I be healthy in body, heart, and mind. Now, I recognize that the body isn't always going to be healthy. It seems to have the nature to get ill. But a wish to have the strength to be able to support doing the practice, being able to um, live and engage in the world, and also having a heart and mind that's healthy. So the body, you can, you know, you can go and see the doctor, eat an apple a day, keep them away. Um, but keeping the heart healthy and keeping the mind healthy, you know, that's, that I think is something that we can also actively um, engage in. And so the metta practice for me is staying in touch with that deep desire that I have for a sense of health and well-being. And then the fourth element of loving-kindness or metta practice for me is a deep desire for peace and contentment. I think one of the things that you can find in doing mindfulness meditation is if you really pay attention, you can notice the subtle ways in which you're not at peace, you're not at rest. There's always, you know, some some dissatisfaction, some restlessness, some, you know, something, oh, this is pretty good, but, you know, it could be just a little bit better if only, you know, if only uh, my mind wasn't going so quickly or something like that. So for me, the... Um, the loving-kindness or the metta practice is spending some time each day reminding myself 
of those deep desires. And in some ways, and this, uh, this part I think can't be exactly described in words, but coming up with the energy or the, um, yeah, coming up with the energy and the imagine and using the imagination to create um, a physical sense of wishing well for myself. I'll, I'll say starting with myself. Wishing for myself to be safe. Wishing for myself to be healthy wishing for myself to be happy, and wishing for myself to be peaceful. And that's a good place to start, because that's... um, But then, not stopping there, not not just doing this practice for oneself, then after some period of time, to then find somebody that it's easy to offer these same um, thoughts and energy of of well-wishing for. So it might be a a benefactor. It might be somebody that you've had as a a teacher, uh, somebody that you've had as a mentor, um, maybe a grandparent or a parent or a neighbor. Somebody that there isn't much conflict in your mind about, you know, that, that it's very easy to wish to have, to wish them to have the same kind of um, safety and happiness and health and well-being as you wish for yourself. Um, for me, there was one particular meditation teacher that I used to sit with at Spirit Rock. Um, And there was something about her that just, she had been a pediatrician all of her life. And I don't know what it was, but there was just the way in which I felt unconditional love from her. She, you know, she would just, there was one time I went into a, a, a practice interview and I told her that I realized I just wanted to be seen. I just wanted I just wanted to be seen. And so she sat and she said, "Yeah, a lot of us didn't get seen as much as we needed to be as children." And so she just sat there and for several minutes she just gazed at me in a very loving way. And it was wonderful. And after a, a couple of minutes I couldn't take it anymore, and I just got up and walked out of the room. It was just like, this is too much. But uh, so it's very easy for me to to wish well for her. Uh, that's my example there. Um, the next category of people that you can do this um, loving kindness meditation for are um, friends, friends and relatives, and friends. It's most. It's usually mostly easy to do. Uh, there's probably a few conflicts you may have had with friends, or a few little areas of friction. Um, 
But with friends, you've spent time with them and you can recognize that just like you want to be safe, just like you want to be happy, just like you want to be healthy, and just like you want to be peaceful, so do they. They have that same um, wholesome desire for themselves. And so you can send this energetic wave of goodwill to them And at first, it might seem like nothing's happening. I mean, you know, it's you, you try it and you try it. And it's best not to get too caught up in thinking that it's going to feel a certain way. That really, this is sort of a purification practice. And so one of the first things you might see is what gets in the way of wishing well for other people. You know, what's... What, um, what are the blocks? And that over time you may find that it just gets easier and it feels a little richer. And then the next cat is so we talked about doing loving kindness for ourselves and for benefactors and for friends. The next category is uh, neutral people, people that you don't really know that well or m- maybe don't even know at all. Um, I used to do loving kindness for my barista at Starbucks. And um, I found over time she was no longer a neutral person. You know, I, I really started to feel um, a sense of... Uh, kindness to her. I've also done loving kindness for neutral people when I travel. I would just spent I just spent today in airports. <laughs> I was traveling back here from uh Milwaukee where I was visiting my family. And so I can sit in an airport and just watch people walk by. And you can just you can just wish these you know wish somebody well as they walk by. You don't you don't know who they are, um, and it helps. For me, it it helps create that sense of expansiveness. That this practice isn't about. It's different from what we sort of classically talk about in in our culture as love, where. We have a certain feeling for somebody, but it's very conditional. You know, it's, it's, it's because they act a certain way or because, um, you know, they have certain opinions. Um, they say certain things to us. You know, that kind of love is what they, they sing about in songs, <laughs> in love songs. This this kind of loving kindness is something much more universal. It it isn't the, it isn't about um, wishing well for other people so that they'll wish back for you. It's not that you're going to be getting something back from them. It's really about doing a practice that's universal that can 
uh, ultimately set a attitude that you have towards all all beings that you come across without exception so that's a tall order and i can't say that i i have i can do that for all beings that i i come across um all the time but that's an aspiration to be able to have that kind of attitude towards other people that uh, energy and mm, relationship that is based on uh, goodwill rather than ill will on kindness So so that's what came up for me as I thought about what to talk about at Christmas is how do we cultivate this kind of it's easy to say peace on earth goodwill towards men I think it's harder to actually implement it how how do we do that um I, on the plane ride back from Wisconsin, I was reading this book called um, Loving Kindness in Plain English by Bhante Gunaratana. And, and it's a wonderful book. He's, he, he writes so clearly and so heartfully about many subjects. That I found it inspiring. So one of the things I wanted to do tonight was give everyone a chance to talk. And so I know people get a little bit nervous about talking to each other and something like this, but I was thinking maybe if we could break up into groups of three. Uh, yes, Jerry. Oh, right. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, uh, right. So, right. Past the neutral. Thank you, Jerry. So, past the neutral um, people are the difficult people. You know, the ones where it's, it's difficult or maybe even at this point impossible to wish well for those people. I think that's a very fertile ground, you know, to be able to be willing to look at beings that you don't like and still recognize their humanity, recognize that they still have a um, wish to be safe, a wish to be happy, a wish to be healthy, a wish to be peaceful. So that that can be that can be the area that's perhaps the most difficult, but also can be the most reward. Well, can also be rewarding. 
um, it actually reminded me back in um, 2001, right after the 9-11 attacks, um, we had a Sunday morning sitting in which the teacher didn't show up. And so I was asked to do, I was asked by Jerry to do a loving kindness meditation for Osama bin Laden. And I think I got just to the point, just up to the point of doing it for him, and then I didn't. So here we are 16 years later, and he's still reminding me about the difficult people. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was something. So, so with that, I'd like us to break into groups of three, and we'll just take a couple, each person will just get a couple minutes and I'll, to talk to each other about either what you do in your daily life to create a sense of goodwill, or if you can't think of anything, what might you do to create an attitude of goodwill towards the people that you uh, interact with day to day. So, first of all, are you willing to do that? <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, just find two other people. Seeing you all talking to each other, it seemed uh, people were very engaged. Um, so in the last couple of minutes, uh, Let's see, Richard or um, Tanya, could you give the microphone, hand the microphone? So I'd be curious to hear what what was it that um, that came up for you in the group? You know, just maybe. Hmm? <laughs> Here, forget it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so on the topic of a barrier to meta, I uh, I've been aware that if I if I feel oh, with the difficult person, so if I feel I'm down here and they're up there, if I feel I'm, you know, in some kind of inferior position. Um, mm. an inferior position of power then it uh, then I don't feel safe mm. and uh, it's difficult to um, to cultivate metaphor the difficult person mm. but as Jennifer pointed out uh, in my group which was very helpful you know what uh, what uh, she suggested, um, you know, what what could I do to, um, it, you know, in my mind to uh, equalize the relationship? So that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. Thank you. Yeah, we talked about bubbles, uh, which are created. Uh, between different types of groups and kind of 
how to burst those bubbles and talk, reach out and talk to different people in different bubbles and why those bubbles are created. Uh, could be culturally, could be um, just about not liking them. or mm. um, And then that was kind of like the biggest barrier between not to be able to give um, love and um, kindness to, to each other. And uh, we also talked about a little bit cultural challenges and how how um, that that might be a problem to reach out. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think that's it, right? Okay, well, thank you. I have an issue that's up for me right now because um, I have an acquaintance who's in a support group with me who has really been, um, I feel a lot of nervous energy from um, maybe neediness and who's really wants me outside of the group to be spending time with her and um, I just um, have been very clear that um, I'm not comfortable with that and also um, so it's um, I'm still struggling with um being with people who where um certain emotions come up um uncomfortable emotions and um how to um maintain my boundaries in a kind way hmm. yeah so thank you for sharing that So we had we had a good discussion. I think um, the you know what was interesting. I think is trying to figure out you know uh, what makes it difficult. You know, like the difficult case that you mentioned at mm-hmm. the end there. And um, you know, one thing that that came up for us, I think, is is that uh, <clears throat> often there's contention between say me if I'm offering loving kindness to somebody else. Um, that's fine if I have the time and the energy, but if you know if that's if by doing that I'm going to kind of lose something myself, or I'm going to uh, you know jeopardize my own happiness in some way, um, that's really the challenge I think. You know, mm-hmm. and, uh, it was interesting because we we kind of also said that you know f- for humans, I, you know, starting out life or whatever, the natural tendency is to kind of you know I'm number one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's. It, it's, it takes a lot of um, work, I think, you know, to kind of move past that and move past that sort of instinctual um, reaction, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we talked about different ways how we, you know, how we practice 
And we had things like, uh, you know, working in a neonatal intensive care unit with newborns. Um, we also had one working in a hospice. And the other part was just doing basically kindness as a part of daily routine, being, being aware of other people, being kind to other people. And, yeah, and obstacles were basically, you know, that we are all moody sometimes and maybe in our own little bubble, in our own little world are busy mm. and have to take care of our own emotional needs first. Mm. Great. Thank you. Okay, well, so um, it's, it's after nine now. You're more than welcome to stay and talk to each other. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to stay past nine, but I'd, I'd like us to formally end tonight. And um, I want to thank you all for coming tonight. Um, I found just listening to you talk to each other uh, really warmed my heart uh, and kind of demonstrated that kind of warmth and intimacy that I think is is a uh, a part of doing this metta practice. So thank you all for coming and may you all be safe, may you all be happy, may you all be healthy, and may you all be peaceful.